What's the revolution? Revolutionaries was good. Today's episode is brought to you by the Rogue Media Group, which is a veteran-led integrative marketing agency with affiliated networks that reach nearly 1 million multicultural professionals, business owners, and public policymakers. RMG, as it's affectionately known, was founded in 2013 by my dude, Maximilian Hamilton, and has grown from a single offering to a multifaceted media company that offers everything from media planning and buying to written content development, sponsorship consulting, and conference development, as well as digital marketing, custom video, DEI strategy, personal branding, and speaker sourcing. RMG's signature program, one that I was able to MC last year, is the fifth annual Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit. It will take place this year in November, the 9th through the 12th, 2023, in Houston, Texas. The annual summit is a gathering of 500 plus CEOs, professionals, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. Participants will explore and discuss advancing the mobility of black professionals, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. The summit will include a golf outing, panel discussions, keynotes, breakout sessions, and awards recognition, and guess this, a celebration of hip hop's 50th anniversary. To learn more about RMG and Fuel, the Ultimate Men's Summit, visit www.roguemg.com. And now, let's get ready for the show. Dr. Travis Batts. What's your revolution? The more you forgive, the more grace that is often bestowed upon you. And so what, again, whatever your beliefs, I'm of the Christian faith. So whatever God puts in front of you to say, I'm going to give you this test to see if, if you even deserve a little piece of forgiveness from the person that you want. Because it's just like I tell my athletes, right? The two things in life you can never get back our time and opportunity. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. A show for men and the people who love them, where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. Where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, joined by my dude, my friend, my brother, my co-host, I forgot to say who I am. I'm Dr. Charles Corporate, but I'm joined by my <laughs> my dude, my friend, and my co-host, Dr. Travis Bats. We are here, man. We're here. You know, we're back again. We're back again. We are back again for our recurring series of conversation called Revolts and Evolve, where two well-educated uh, black men with PhDs and MDs talk about everything from under the sun as we think about how to be the most revolutionary versions of ourselves. We have done, this is episode number seven or eight, I don't know, uh, but it has been one of the most talked about shows that we've had throughout the year, this recurring conversation with Dr. Bats and myself, as we think through uh, some of the things that our guests have said, our guests have said on the show, things that are actually happening in our lives, and then how do we drop down it is my favorite thing. How do we drop down to really do a deep dive into what's going on in our lives and how that really can help you all, our revolutionaries, in becoming the 
most revolutionary version of yourself. Um, Dr. Bass, I want to start this show with this. And I've been thinking about this because I've been excited about uh, this conversation. One, before I even say that, I just want to thank you. Uh, gratitude is something that is really, really big for me. And uh, there has never been a point in time where I cannot pick up the phone and say, I need to talk, brother. And that's what we need. Right? We need the ability to make sure that I can pick up the phone. When I say I, I'm talking about you, we as humans have the ability to pick up the phone and call someone, particularly in times of need. Um, and over the last few weeks, dear brother, uh, as you know, as I have been, you know, dealing with life, life has been lifing. I just right. want to say thank you for picking up the phone uh, and allowing me to talk through the life things that have been happening. Uh, I am very gracious uh, and hold tremendous gratitude and respect for who you are as a human. And thank you for thank you for showing up uh, emotionally, intelligently showing up uh, and, and, and being my friend. And I truly appreciate that, Dr. Bass. I just want to I just want to say that. Well, let me. Well, again, and I so thank you for allowing me. Right. Because it, it goes back and, and I know we're at a serious point, but it goes back and this commercial is interesting. It's the commercial with Tim Tebow in the Heisman <laughs> house and he's creating opportunities to help. Right. But sometimes people don't want to ask for help mm. when help comes. Yeah. You know, it, it is a period of vulnerability. And, and I can tell you that the feeling has been reciprocated. Right. Meaning there are times when I said, hey, look, I'm working through this, you know, and, and like I say, I. I exist in a binary space and I always say, is this a listen or a fix? Mm. Uh, with, well, with you, uh, you listen and then you provide fixes, you know? And, mm. and so I, I appreciate that. And uh, I don't think from a mindset standpoint, from a health standpoint, right? I, I would be where I am on this journey without uh, your knowledge, your availability, your insight, right? Coach slash mentor, right? <laughs> they are melded in two when it comes to you. So thank you, my brother. Thank uh, you. Yeah, I, reciprocate uh, and I appreciate that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's funny. I, I can give a shout out to my, uh, my good friend, uh, my good friend, my travel partner, my travel buddy, like my dude, you know, Kappas, bro. I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, give a shout out to my boy, uh, Dr. Derek Greenfield, um, and thanking him for uh, all that he is in the world uh, and the ability to have a wonderful friendship with him. One of the things that we do, Dr. Bass, is that when we have conversations, and we had to get to this inflection point of our friendship, is that uh, there are a number of times when we'll call each other. And um, we'll ask the question, what do you need from me right now? Do you need me to listen? Do you need me to give you advice? Do you need me to pick up something and go kill someone? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Usually it's, it's never the, it's never the, it's never, it's never the third one. Uh, but usually, right. typically, I've never asked the third one. But, um, but it's like, do you need me to listen? Do you need me to give you advice? Do you need me to steer you? And oftentimes, Dr. Bats, we just need folks to listen to us. Um, what I have found, and you probably can echo this, is that sometimes saying things out loud to someone else, you hear, wow, okay, this sounds a little crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This sounds a little wild. Or, you know what, I just needed to get it out. And, you know, and our mutual good friend, Dr. Elijah Beatty, there are lots of doctors. Dr. Elijah Beatty, we do the same thing. <laughs> you know, he'll end the call. He's like, just thank you for listening. And that's important. The power of listening is, wow. is an important in friendship. Speak to that. Speak to that power of listening, Dr. Betts. So, and again, I think listening, and we always say we got one mouth and two years, so you're <laughs> supposed to listen twice as much. Yeah, it makes sense anatomically, 
But when you actually think about it practically, there are therapeutic uh, as well as relational benefits to listening more and being quiet. Like sometimes it's listening to what's not said. Yeah. And this goes back to that construct of do you want IQ or EQ? Mm. IQ being that, you know, uh, intelligence and, and what you can figure out. But EQ is reading the room and sensing those non-spoken emotional cues and, and communicating in that space. But that first starts by listening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and listening, we think, is this process with our ears, but it's more of a process with our mind. It's more of a process of, of understanding what the other individual is saying to us, whether verbal or nonverbal, and then doing things that we know to either bring that out if we need mm -hmm. to or cultivate an environment where, number one, they feel safe. Number two, they feel heard, whether spoken or unspoken. Uh, spoken. And number three, they feel like you provide at least a sounding board, not always a solution. And I think that's something that I had to work toward. And I'm, you know, my wife is in our relationship, right? My wife, yeah. you know, because I always hear from her and I'm like, okay, I got to fix. She's like, no, 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 fall back. I just listen first, but I'm ready to go. Right. And so it is taking that pause and trying to reevaluate what that person needs yeah. for you. And I think yeah. that's the toughest thing because it's always what you want to give to them, but it might not be exactly what they need. And yeah. I think that's yes. one of the keys to, to active listening or so to yeah. speak. No, brother, you you have you have put it in a, a wonderful box as you do so, and that's what our fans talk about. This show is that Doctor Bats is always dropping pearls. <laughs> he's always he's always <laughs> dropping pearls. Those twenty pearls. Um, but yeah, that that's what it is. And I had that that's a skill set that I have to say that is a skill set that can be honed because typically, as we th think about this and, and and revolutionaries, I want you to think about the next time you're in that conversation with your your loved ones um can you step back and just listen and you know oftentimes we will give advice from our own lived experiences well that's not my lived experience right mm -hmm. and when i want advice right and i'll say that when i want advice i'll ask and i'm one of those i'm one of those stubborn folks you know you know i'm like i didn't you know i didn't ask for your help what i asked right. for in this moment is just someone to listen and it gets me back to what i'm saying is that when we have the power to listen to our loved ones to our friends even to strangers on the street as an interesting thing i think we give them the about we give them the ability to be present with themselves because we can tell stories in our head oftentimes about situations. But when we say out loud, mm -hmm. when we say things out loud, sometimes you're like, oh, maybe that's that story is not the exact story. And, you know, and then, you know, when we have vulnerability and when we have trust, when we have that circle of people that, you know, we bring into our lives, then we say, you know what, I I really would like your advice on this. I would really like your support on this. I would really like to hear what you're thinking but that comes with trust, right? And I, that gets me all the way back to the beginning of this conversation with thanking you because I asked you for advice after, after you so eloquently listened to me and you gave me good advice. And again, thank you. Thank you for listening and thank, you for, thank you for establishing a relationship with me that allows us to trust each other, to, to be vulnerable with each other 
And then to be able to give each other support and advice that we need to move into our most revolutionary version of ourselves. Thank you. No, again, I, I appreciate the opportunity. And if, if there's ever any question, you know, I'm here. Yes. Right? You know, yeah. I'm here available uh, and, and want that. And I know that there are folks listening that say, how did, how did you all develop that relationship? That's a great question. Over? Yeah. To be honest, Rel- a relatively short amount of time, yeah. and I wish I had a great acronym for it, but I don't. It was, <laughs> it was. I don't. I didn't. I don't. I got a few ready just in case I'm we sure take a pathway. Burn. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was. It was literally just the tenure of time. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it was the, the tenure, tenure of time. time yeah, yeah. That, that allowed kind of these these two folks that were brought together by, like I said, a wonderful individual Mm -hmm. shout out, Dr. Elijah Beatty. Um, And he didn't know how we would, but he assumed, right. We had the same energy that things would work out, but I would have never imagined from that discussion that we had and me listening to the show and you um, empowering me with those words, rock star cardiologist. But now, you know, I I wear glasses in a dark room because of that. I mean, that's, that's what I do as a rock star. (laughs) Mrs. Butts, <laughs> come get him. <laughs> she can't reel me back. She, it's too late now. It's too late. It's uh, the train is off. Train is out the door. But it was that, and then slowly, just those conversations shared um, shared points of pain. Right? Yeah. You know, we had a similar shared experience uh, in the health space. Kind of shared points of power yeah. and triumph. Right? Where we are trying to uh, dismantle, deconstruct. You know, these these societal norms that say some people can't and other people's can. Right? That that fight to to develop that. And I think over time, it's created this bond. Yeah. Right? You know, as uh, you know, interesting as it is, I think we both fill in some of the blanks that let's say I had, yeah. right? Let's yeah. say you had. Yeah. I think, you know, and I know people, you know, after they say, okay, that's the how it was time, but but you know, how did you know it was the right person? You won't, right? And this brings me back to a show. And you know I'm not great with names, <laughs> but he was the licensed uh marriage counselor that, that Chris talks Matthews. About, there you go. Yeah. If you haven't got that book and and I'm listening to it on audio yeah. I think I bought it. And it's more than just so if you're saying, well, I'm not married or I don't want to get that book is about building relate. You can apply those same tenets and you have four tenets of, you know, being heard, uh, being safe, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. understanding. It was those tenets that when you go into your organizational meeting, it was when you go into, you know, you're, you're the new CEO and you want to develop a, a, a plan or a process. It was those same tenets that you can apply to all those areas about building relationships with people to develop again, that ability to listen and the ability to develop relationships that are both relationships have to have two parts. They have to be real, right? And they have to be personal. And that's where you truly find the power of the relational nature that exists between individuals. It has to be real and it has to be personal, personal, real and personal. And the, you said it, you said it in the beginning time, typically a good core friendship takes about 75 to 90 hours, right? Wow. To begin to proliferate. You think about that 75 to 90 hours. So they're not, that's the person, that's the personal aspect of that 75 to 90 hours of time together. And we haven't had that much time, but we've had a lot of time together. 
We've had a lot of time. Yeah. And we've never we're, met in person. Revolutionaries, we've never met in person. You know, I keep trying. He, you know, he finds other stuff to, you know, oh, I'm going to be old that day. I'm going to be uh, on the beach. And I ain't one of them pop up cats. I ain't one of them pop up cats. I run away. I pop up. I, you know? I, well, what happens is that <laughs> I, I run away from um, pink Henleys. But <laughs> so <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. But let me get to this. Let me get to this. Let me Game get to this, this, this. Yeah, I said I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to clown you today. I am. But uh, I'm ready. I'm gonna, gonna, gonna be serious. We gonna we definitely gonna be serious. Um, you know, people have asked me, Doctor Betts, why I started this show, and there I, I could give a lot of, I could give a lot of reasons why. I could give the PC the public reason why I started this show. Um, and it, the show wasn't the imp, the emphasis of the show came well before the show was ever aired. And I've, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the show, Dr. Bass. And I, you know, I, I figured it was, it was time. It was time for me to tell like this story of my journey, my journey of like, getting to a better version of myself. And, you know, in 2015, I was, you know, I broke up with my, my ex fiance, who I think is one of the greatest humans on earth in January of 2015. And, I didn't care about anybody. I mean, when I, when I say that, I didn't care about anybody but myself. Literally, literally nobody. And I did things that represented my sole care about my pleasure right? and my, my sole understanding that life revolved around me. And I didn't care about anybody else. I didn't care about my friends. I didn't care about the people that I was with. I cared about myself. And I did things that I regret. I did things back then. This version of me looks back and says, you know what? Mm -mm. Nah. But I remember late in 2015, walking into my therapist's office and saying to him these words, Dr. Batts, I'm a piece of shit. Because I, I, I had known that I had done things under the sole understanding, the auspices that it didn't matter what anybody else thought. It was just about me. And I knew that I needed to change my life. I knew that I needed to turn around. I needed to care about something greater than myself. So I walked into the therapist's office and said, I'm a piece of shit and I don't want to feel like this anymore. And so for the last eight years, I have worked on me. I've worked on being a better human, being a better man, being a better son, being a better godfather, being a better friend, being a better frat brother, being being better, being better at showing up for myself, being very self-aware, being understanding the frailties of who I am as a human, being also understanding that at some point I needed to give myself grace for the past versions of myself. And so I, I say this here, Dr. Batts, and we can get into this, is that if at any point in time in my life, and particularly in that year of 2015 when I was making decisions that were solely for myself, that I hurt anyone, I'm very sorry. I am very sorry. And that this version of me understands the pain that I may have caused at that period in time. And again, I say that I am sorry, and I regret those things. But I also hold space and grace for the person that I am now. 
And I juxtapose that person who I was to the person I am now. And I am thankful for my therapist, Al Sidholm, who walks me through this journey every every month now. But we went through weeks and weeks and weeks mm. of therapy to unearth where I was and where I wanted to go as a human. And so I'm going to hope, Dr. Bats, that those folks that know me today, that stand beside me like you and Armand Davis and Dr. Derek Greenfield and Elijah, Dr. Elijah Beatty and Dr. Phil Eccles and my, my boy, Quince Griffin, who's been there since day one, who understand that have seen the journey of Charles Corpru can understand that we all grow and that there is grace for the versions that we all have, that we are not perfect, but we can also forgive ourselves and forgive others. And so I'll end this diatribe in saying this, is that we have the ability to grow. We have the ability to be self-aware. We have the ability to acknowledge the pain that we have put on ourselves and the pain that we have put on others. Mm-hmm. But, it will, but if we can acknowledge that and move forward and give grace to ourselves and give grace to others and forgive in my opinion, that's the revolution. And that is why I do this show. That is why I started this show almost seven years ago to talk about how men, men like myself, who found themselves looking at the mirror and saying, I'm a piece of shit and that I wanted to be better. I wanted to be the most revolutionary version of myself and I have worked diligently and fervently to not be that person, to look in this mirror every day, Dr. Bass, and say, you know what? I kind of like this version of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of happy with this version of myself. Are there struggles? Do I make mistakes? Yes, we all do. But this version of myself looks back and says, you know what? I'm going to give you a little grace. You didn't do the right thing then, but we're going to do the right thing now. Would love to get your thoughts on that, Dr. Bass. Man, that was, well, first off, um, I think it's beautiful that you can have these self-actualizations and really embrace the newer version. And I say embrace for that very reason, right? So in your mind's eye, seeing those older versions happy of where you've become. And I think that's something that we don't value when it comes to this construct of forgiveness, yeah. right? It's a construct, yeah. it's a construct to yeah. think about it, right? And when you when you look at that construct, it involves at least two things, at least there may be more, but there is one thing to recognize a wrong, whether that's in you or in someone else. But the second thing is when you send that out and say, I recognize and you send it to another person, it still has to be received. Yeah. And the difficulty is, is forgiveness is almost like sending a text and getting ghosts, not getting anything. Okay. I, I just, I mean, you know, cause, cause when you were talking now, granted, this is just, I, I just see it. Right. And, and you send that out. And the hardest person is yourself, right. Is yourself to, to say, well, man, I, I was that, but what people have to understand, whether it's themselves, whether it's a family member, whether it's a close friend is that forgiveness speaks to more of not perfection, but of progress. Yeah. 
because yeah. you have to recognize, right? And so in, in medical, uh, and I'll, I'll loop it to medical malpractice and anyone out there that is, it is this construct of these four parts of medical tort, right? First, you have to decide that there's been a breach, right? Yeah. Something has gone yeah. wrong where you've done something wrong, right? Forgiveness is the same way. You have to recognize, okay, I did something wrong. Then you have to determine what your duty is. What was my duty in that situation to make what choice that I didn't make and it caused a problem? The next one is you have to look at causation. And I think this is the place where people get caught up because causation suggests that you intentionally didn't act to hurt someone, including yourself, to attain a goal. And you said, I was a person that did things solely for myself. I don't think the intent was to hurt anybody else. You were you know, doing now, if there was, that's no, a whole, no, there was no that, intent, no, no, intent, right, no intent. Right. Mm. So that's that causation piece. But then the final piece is one that no one is exonerated from it's damage. What damage yeah. occurred in that construct? Now in medical malpractice, this usually leads to, you know, lawyers going back and forth, but in personal, and I'll use this term. I don't know if people, personal malpractice, things that you've done, either to yourself or someone else that have impacted your ability to grow, evolve into your true version, you have to go through your own diagnosis of where you are, where you're going, and ultimately where you want to be. Yeah. And I'll leave you with this analogy when people visualize it, right? Think about a GPS and you say, okay, a GPS tells you where you're going to go. That is correct. But before it can tell you where you want to go, guess what you have to do? You have to put in the destination. Yeah, you got to put it in. Put it in. You got to put it in because GPS, you sit in the car, you waiting on the GPS to tell. So you have to know the direction that you want this process of forgiveness to take you. You have to know the direction because whether it's directed at yourself or directed at someone else, you have to take those steps. You have to recognize that again, that there was a breach. You have to understand yeah. your duty in that concept. You have to understand was, you know, what, what was the causation in that process? And finally you have to rectify those damages. And I, and for me, I like that to be quick, but I know, yeah, right. I'm not too. naive me enough too. to think that it's a fast process. It is a process that takes what we loop back to before time, 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 right. It, it takes, that's time. what it takes. Yeah, brother. It, it, it takes time. And, you know, you and I have talked at length and there's a understore underbelly to this conversation as well, that, you know, and I, I, I always talk about me, you know, and, and Dr. Batts, you know, Dr. Batts has a, a, a lot of things going on in his life that he may not have the ability to talk about some of the things. But, um, you know, some of my behaviors in 2015 caught up to me and they have destroyed a friendship. And mm -hmm. the hard part about that is like, you, like you want a quick resolution to something like you want it you 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 want you want your family your brother to come back right and to quickly quick quickly come back because hey that's not me that's not that's not me anymore but the pain cause is new and fresh and forgiveness potential you know i'll give it potentiality potential forgiveness takes time when you want when you want to rush to this and it is interesting because, you know, you and I have talked about the spirit and, and, and it is interesting how, you know, and I talk about this from an equitable perspective in my language, right? Is that it, God in the universe, right? When you ask and when you're asking for something and, you know, this, this conversation that we had, when you're asking for something, 
God, the universe, whatever you believe it is going to place things in front of you to say, okay, are you, are you truly, do you truly have the ability to give what you're asking for? Right. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it, it is interesting. And I'll tell this story is that I've been asking for forgiveness. Telling this story, please forgive me. This is not who I am at this juncture. And the universe was like, oh, okay. Let me really see if you're true about this. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting, I was sitting in an office space a couple of weeks ago and I just happened to look out the window. I happened to look out the window, Dr. Bats, at this, you know, opportune time. And I said to myself, man, I know that walk. I know, I know this walk, Dr. Bats. I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen the walk in years, maybe, maybe 20 years. I, I hadn't seen the wow. walk. That's crazy. Yeah. I hadn't, I hadn't seen the walk. I was like, wow, I think that's, I think that's my former. And I say this, I think that's my former friend. And this person had agreed me at a period of time in my life when I was younger. And I was like, oh, this is what you're going to do, God. This is, this is what you're going to do. So I, I got out of my seat. I got out of my seat and I, I, I ran to the door and I, I yelled this person's name. And, and in fact, it was him. And I was like, well, okay. So we rapped for a few minutes. And I think we, I, I think we, I keep saying we, I think I wanted to know, are you, are you still the same person? Cause I know you have agreed to a whole lot of folks. It wasn't just me. <laughs> You've agreed to a whole lot of folks. But in my mind, I was like, in my mind, if I'm asking for forgiveness for something that I've done, I've got to ask these questions. Did, did what you do truly harm me? Did I lose? What did I lose from what you did to me? Did I lose? Did I actually really lose anything? Did someone die? Did I lose money? Did I, did, did, and I was like, no, none of that happened. So in my heart, I had to say, if I'm asking for forgiveness, Dr. Batts, after 20 years, can I forgive this man? And I should have forgiven him by this time. It's been 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it, been it's, years it's, it's been 20 years. And so we rapped for a little while. And I was like, you know what? Do you want to get lunch? Can we get together sometime and just figure out what's going on in your life? Right. And I was like, okay. But God was like, okay, you ain't just going to get one test. <laughs> you ain't going to just get one test, right? So I'm at, a, I'm at another event, maybe a week later, week later mm-hmm. and I see another dude, right, that had agreed to me, right, just by his words, just, just by his words, said, you know, and that's between me and him, but just by his words. But I had to ask myself the same thing. At the end of the day, did, did someone die? Did I lose any money? Did anything happen to my family? Right? Was I not be, did I, couldn't go anywhere because of this? All of the answers would no. Did my life change drastically because of this? And I was like, no. And even if I could answer yes to any of those questions, at this stage of life, Dr. Bats, did it really matter? Because I'm still Dr. Corporal. I'm still a real estate investor. Right. I'm, then, uh, look, I'm still an investor in, in underrepresented founders. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've done all the things in my life. And so we, we actually got together, laughed and kikied and reminisced. And 
I'm I'm on my way home, and I know this is a long diatribe revolution. I'm on my way home. I'm like, okay, God, I see you. I see you. (laughs) I'm asking for forgiveness of something that I had done a long time ago. I'm asking for forgiveness now, but you're saying, okay, are you really about your business? And so it's so Mm -hmm. it's so interesting to understand that, like, we have been different versions of ourselves. We can atone. We can get better. We can be a revolution. And so it was really, really interesting having to work through the mental gymnastics of, can I forgive you now? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I can. Because at the end of the day, my life went on. Right. And and I think that when, and, and this came to me as we were talking, I don't know what we're going to title this discussion, <laughs> but these phases of forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? First understanding the problem. And that's that whole, you know, kind of construct of breach, duty, causation, and damages. But then understanding that forgiveness and again, grace have a proportional relationship. Mm-hmm. Tell that interesting story. Because the more you forgive, the more grace that is often bestowed upon you. And so what, again, whatever your beliefs, I'm of the Christian faith. So whatever God puts in front of you to say, I'm going to give you this test to see if if you even deserve Mm -hmm. a little piece of forgiveness from the person that you want, because it's just like I tell my athletes. Right. The two things in life you can never get back are time and opportunity, time and opportunity. And what was provided to you during both those instances was an opportunity that wasn't there over all that time. And had you not taken advantage of it, it might have led things down a different. Now, ultimately, the will is going to happen, whatever is going to happen. But I feel like we have a way of shifting that construct of predestination uh, to some degree. And just to say predestined means that you can't change it. But I, I don't know. I disagree because I don't think there are uh, fixed or finite decisions. I think we have a role in embracing the forgiveness that we receive by the grace that we yeah. have. It is yeah. that directly proportional construct that exists. And I think those were two steps in that next phase yeah. of forgiveness yeah. in that space. It, you're exactly right. And, 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 and we will, we will begin to uh, land this, this plane on forgiveness is, is, is that grace. And I think that I have been giving more grace to people. I've been giving, I've been giving more grace to folks, you know, like, because that initial reaction was, Oh, that's, that's messed up. And then I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to just give you some grace, right? Because I don't right. know what you're going on. Look, I don't know. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if this is still the version of you. Like, I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some grace and I'm going I'm to keep it moving. And the reality is, as I said, as we land this plane is that we're going to lose some people, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's going to be okay too. You know, we may not want to lose folks in our lives. They may have been significant people in your lives, you know, and they have their own walk and they have their own journey too. and forgive them for not forgiving you, you know. Um, But the grace there, there is grace, you know, in understanding that we're all we're all human, that we're all going to make some missteps in our lives. We're going to make mistakes. But as I said at the earlier point of this, if you can be self-aware and grow and ask yourself, what's my revolution? 
and then go out and take our five steps and fulfill that revolution, you can be a much stronger version of yourself. And as you and I talk about all the time, you and I both are standing on those versions of ourselves that decided that, you know what? We don't want to be here anymore. You got this. We out. And, and I like, and so when you talk about grace, there may be folks out there to say, so, so what is grace? Mm, because we've talked about abstract constructs mm. and simply put in, and in grace, I'm going to add another little piece to it. They got a cousin called mercy, <laughs> but what grace is, is grace is forgiveness undeserved, mm. right? Those two people that you saw in your head by based on everything they did really didn't deserve you to, to, to kind of chop it up and say, you know what? I'm going to drop it. But that is grace. But mercy on the other 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 side is punishment unyielded. Right. When you when you dial back what you could give. Yeah. And I think the reason why. And then when it goes back. So this is that whole transitive property of equality where A equals B, but B equals C. So ultimately A equals C. So forgiveness and mercy kind of walk hand in hand. And all of those are in that same construct. So when we think about these phases of forgiveness, it is understanding, OK, what I did and what I expect. And then it is, how do I yield grace? And then finally, understanding, looking back on how you move forward, right? Because now when that person cuts you off in traffic or that person takes the, I don't know, I, I don't get too spun up on things, right? I try not to, right? Because I don't want my cortisol to go up, my stress <laughs> hormone to get crazy. You know, I'm not going to let those things be an issue for me, but it is understand how I deliver mercy as well. Yeah. And in that construct, you create a bubble. Now you talked about, you're going to lose some people because you're going to, and interestingly, you'll lose some people. This is where it gets scary for doing the right thing. Because some people will say, oh man, if that was me, they would have got this smoke. They would have did that. They would have did, you know, they, you get, people get upset because you don't come, you know, hard in a sense. And I, and I say that for lack of a better term. Temper justice with mercy. Yeah. And, and, and so you, you're going to lose some people in the circle for that. You're going to lose some people in the circle because you accepted someone back. Yeah. But what we talked about in that in that whole discussion previous, this is uh, back to the conscious leadership. Discussion, yeah. Joyce we talked about changing that circle as you start to move and understanding that sometimes you need different people in your lives at different times. Just like when you build that boardroom table, if everybody has this whole mono uh, kind of this you know homogeneous thought process the business or the, or the corporation will never move forward. You need heterogeneity of thought to yeah. really drive that. The same thing holds true with the people you have around you, right? You need those different people to identify. You ready for this? this is another yeah. uh, coaching story to identify your blind spots, yeah. right? Yeah. So that yeah. you can move forward and be prepared as you develop those newer versions of yourself. Yeah. 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 And that, and, and that's the thing. What is this new version of yourself? look like and how do you show up for yourself and others how do you give yourself grace you know knowing that some sometimes the old versions will try to creep back in they'd be knocking on the door <laughs> yo yo it's cold out here bro like we've been out yeah. here a long time let What's us going see on? hey i tell you boy, look, man look, I'm, I'm here man yeah look look, look, I tell you, look, <laughs> look this ain't the place for you no more look look this yeah. is this this ain't for you. We don't, we don't, look, we don't, we don't comport ourselves like that no more. So we don't roll like uh, that. Uh, uh, yeah. I might, I'm a, I still might have that black biker jacket, but the, the attitude <laughs> that goes along with it is gone. Gone. You know what I'm Out. It's out, out. Now I appreciate, I appreciate that, bro. You know what I'm saying? We've had a very interesting, you know, road over the last couple of weeks. I want to give a, a understanding that it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, uh, 
Yes. It is also cardio cardiovascular awareness month. Sudden sudden cardiac arrest awareness month. Sudden this, cardiac that's the arrest. Other month it is. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that that is definitely right. And and shout out to all those warriors who are out there who are fighting, you know, fighting the good fight when it comes to trying to figure out how to how to overcome these these debilitating health scenarios right. that are that are going on uh in the world and Nobody, nobody better than you, Dr. Bats, you know, especially when it comes to the latter of the, the studying cardiac arrest is that what we can do as a populace, I love these big words, right. man, uh, as a populace to make sure that we are, that we are taking care of ourselves. Interestingly enough, cause I'm, I'm going to weave this into one of my favorite conversations that I know you have listened to is that the Michael Unbroken episode was just, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, I was like, you know, you think about you think about trauma. You think about trauma's place in our lives, and mm-hmm. you know, we as we we as a a populace in you know our, our, our larger population, you know, as black men, and the, the the trauma that we face and its implications on our overall health and our cardiac health. It's so interesting to me to think about. This brother in his mid-30s has figured out a way how to turn trauma into triumph. triumph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak <laughs> yeah. on that. You know, that was interesting to me. Like, you know, his, they were, they, he, he went in. I, I kind of felt like I was, like, interviewing, like, David Goggins 2.0. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I had the pleasure of listening to the episode. And when I remember kind of, his backstory, right? Because there's always, you know, it's all, and he, and, and think about it. Like, so those of you, so I'm a visual person. So think when he was talking, I could envision a superhero. Yeah. And you say, why you say that? So every superhero has their origin story. They had to come yeah. from something or somewhere to attain the superpowers that yeah. they have. Yeah. And for him, his first pathway, he thought, well, I can fix all these problems if I just make more money. Right. And he tells this story of he had the money, he was over, but he, you know, you know $500 suits, yeah. blowing money here, doing that. But when he really looked introspectively, he wasn't the person he wanted to be. Yeah. And then as he continued to reevaluate what he did, he first had to say, and, and I won't use it, you know, this isn't the place I want to be. Yeah, the same, 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 same thing, same, same thing I said. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and at that point, he said, Okay, what do I do? Because he said a lot of people, you know, sit and say, well, this caused it or, you know, and, I, and I'll talk about health issues and not that I am undermining uh, the construct of the social determinants <laughs> of health. Yes, they are real. Right. However, we do have the ability to choose what we put into our body. Walking is free. Water is free. Yeah. And those are two small interventions that can lower your risk of probably every I guess, lifestyle born disease across the world. Right. And so what he did was first had to say, I'm the reason for X. And then from there, identify it and move forward, even though the past was what it was. And it created that environment that helped him. And then from there, he just skyrocketed. And the one thing that I really liked about his story or, or his discussion was that once he reached a goals plateau or a success plateau, he didn't just say, you know what? I'm on cruise control. No, I, to reach I, hit, back. I hit where I need to, to reach go. Back. He kept exactly. 
He kept going and he looked, okay, where can I reach back and pull Mm -hmm. other folks with me? Because he realized that he couldn't complete his vision by itself because it would have been too small. It had to be bigger than who he was. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Again, if we're thinking about our five tenants, you know what I'm saying? Your revolution is not just for you. You Mm -hmm. think about that and your revolution is not just for you. And his life story is so... Like that brother could be dead in a dead in a gutter, drugged out, stressed out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, paranoid, schizophrenic, um, mm-hmm. trauma fueled, all you know, behaviors, everything. And to make sure that, right? Let, let's bring it around to uh, us as humans. Like we have the power to tell our own narrative, and right. uh, you know, we have. The, let me say that again. We have the power to tell our own narrative, particularly coming from something and going mm-hmm. somewhere else, right? Everybody kind of loves like that story. Like, no, no, nobody's heard everybody, you know, nobody's heard. What do you mean? Dr. Corporate walked into his therapist's office and said it was a piece of shit. What? <laughs> not Dr. Corporate, not, you know, not, not the intense intellectual, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> With his pristine crisp shirts and his white, his white shirts and suits. And he's always tailored and he's always so well manicured and all the aye, different aye, things. And, aye. oh yeah, no, <laughs> if you only knew, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, and exactly. each of us has a story. Each of us has a backstory about who we are. It is how we use that story, as Michael has said, how we use that story to fuel us one way or the other. That's the key. How do we mm-hmm. use our story to fuel us one way or the other? And to and I asked him, I don't know if, I don't even know if I asked him on the show. Maybe I do. I do ask him on the show. I was like, how'd you get to Michael Unbroken? And he said, Mike, he does say, he said, Michael Anthony was already taken. So Michael, Un- right, Michael right. Unbroken. But you think about that. To walk in a world where you know that I have I have experienced these things, but you can't break me now. You can't break wow. me. It is mm-hmm. it is almost like this, Doc. It's like is is it is almost like each of us needs to walk around like I'm Travis unbroken. I'm Charles unbroken. I'm Sheetal unbroken. I'm Grace unbroken. I'm Amber unbroken. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. Quince unbroken. I'm, you know, something, right? And I'm naming all the, all, all the people in my, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it's all good. But you, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I think if we put that language into who we are, one, I think it gives us, self, it gives us grace. Right. Two, it allows us to forgive ourselves. If, if this thing, if, if this conversation is called the power of forgiveness, the theme around it, allow, if we're unbroken, it allows us to forgive ourselves of our past. Right to allows us to mend mm-hmm. mend this, uh, but also to armor ourselves. Right to armor ourselves to take on the world. I am unbroken. My armor is up, and I am shielded. I am shame resistant, shame resilient. I'm shame. Mm-hmm. You can't break me. Say whatever you want. It will drip down me like water. And I think that concept is is so powerful. Just. Words have power, right? However you choose to use them. Word, you know, they say sticks and stones. Words have power. And I think one of your shows, uh, you know, I ain't great with names, but it was the where, where they started to use the vernacular king and queen and referring to oh, yeah, 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 that was, a, yeah, 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 um, Quran. Yeah. yeah Quran and and from that show, 
Yeah. And when, and, and I was in, uh, Florida, uh, for one of my kids' events and the driver, we, we developed a relationship and he started saying, well, I use that term just so I'm empowering somebody just yeah. by those words. Because yeah. if you think about yourself as a king, there's certain things that you know kings won't do. There's certain things that queens won't do. When you tell yourself you go into that meeting and you know you're the only one that's rooting for the cause that you want. And you're in a room, not of advocates, but of adversaries. And you go in before that, yeah. you say, I'm Travis, I'm broken. I'm Charles, I'm broken. Yeah. I'm, you know, and you go in there, no matter what they do, right? You're going to win. Yeah. You win. Yeah. Right. Because whether they make the choice to, to pick what you want or to champion your cause, you understand that you gave what you had, both emotionally, both mentally mm-hmm. and physically. And you can leave there feeling accomplished in that yeah. sense. It, it, it goes back to now, you know, again, this is me bringing sports in because, you know, I love it. Michael Jordan was once asked, what is your greatest, you know, kind of skill? Is it how high you jump? Is it how fast you run? Is it how accurate you shoot? And he said, no, it's having a short memory. Yeah. And it never really dawned on me, but it was, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to stumble on your pathway to forgiveness. And you don't want to forget the mistake that you made, but at the same time, move on, evolve, be that next person. And when you are truly unbroken, those things you lock away in a backpack and you got them, you can't get rid of them, but you're moving on to add new experiences yeah. to outweigh those ones where you weren't those versions of yeah. yourself. That yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, yeah. having a short memory. And I think that, you know, part of, part of the things that I need to continue to work on is the rumination part when I make a mistake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> and it's funny at the recording of a show, everybody, you know, most people close to me know that I've been playing uh, some form of baseball, softball all of my life. Uh, literally since mm-hmm. I was a child, love the game, love playing the game, have played uh, almost every position, particularly in softball, uh, love mm-hmm. the game. Well, for some reason, I didn't play the game for an entire year. Uh, my team, usually we play when, I, you know, when we're in New Orleans, we played, we played 45 weeks of the year, you know? My and goodness. so, I mean, just played, played 45, 45 weeks of the year. Got home here to Virginia and we played 16 weeks of the year. So almost a third. Um, uh. Yeah, yeah, it's tough on me. But for some reason, my team, we didn't, we ended up playing at the end of last fall and we didn't play the spring. So I hadn't played basically, I hadn't played softball in 10 months. Oh, I played all of 52 right. this year, right? I, I, I played, I played all of, all of 52. I remember last year, right? You know, you talk about short memory. I ended the season, right? Playing shortstop, making like making a running catch over my head, right? You know, to make the third out of the last game of the season, just throwing the ball down. Man, I couldn't That's even wild. look. I couldn't field. I I couldn't field a yo yo that was hanging right in front of me. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's how bad. That's how bad I was this year. But the the part is, is that, as you said, is is having a short memory and just mm-hmm. being able to go and just being able to move on and be willing to be bad. I was reading. I was reading an article by Ryan. Uh, they were talking about Ryan Reynolds, who's probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite actors. He's you know, and his and his personality and and humor is just second to none. But this Joker has sold two companies or four. Is it four? No, he sold two companies wow. over the last four years for two billion dollars. Mm. Two billion. <sighs> look, look, look. Two billion dollars. Two billion dollars. And one of the things that he talks about in an article is that you'll never be good at anything 
if you can't be bad at it first. Oh, I like that. That, that if you can't be bad at it first. And you know what? I basically after a year, I was really, really bad. It was really, really bad. But I had to give myself grace. <laughs> I had to give myself <laughs> grace. I had to forgive myself for not, you know what I'm saying? I had to forgive myself for making mm-hmm. a, a copious amount of errors. And I just had to mm-hmm. go out and say, you know what? I'm going to be bad, but I'm going, if I put the work in, that's the whole crux of this. That's the revolution yes. right there. Put the work is in. Is putting the work in. Because if I look at that 2015 version of myself, if I don't put the work in, you'd be stay the same. I would stay the same. I'm not, I, right? And I'm not that person. But, you know, the hard part of this, the, the hard part of this is being, because I, I, I had to be bad at being good, right? I had to, had to figure mm-hmm. out what it looked like to be a better version of myself. Well, I don't really know right. how to do this. I don't really know how to ask these questions, right? <laughs> I don't like this is hard. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this hard work. I don't want to see. I don't want to see me. And that's the thing. If you can't be bad at something as you grow, you're never going to be good at this. And Dr. Bass knows, right. and, and we've talked about the litany of awards and accolades that come along with being Dr. Travis Bass. Dr. Travis Bass, I'm sure, will tell you when he was beginning his journey to be one of the most well-respected cardiologists in the country, he was bad. He was bad. Yes. He probably be like, no, I was always good. I was always, I was always good, you know. You know. But, but you still had to learn. Talk about, you know, talk, speak on right. that. No, it's it's one of those things, and I, and I tell my kids this, um, mediocrity uh, and 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 I don't I don't want people to think this is elitist talk, but mediocrity is actually an easy choice. It's the easiest choice because all you have to do is figure out what's the bottom, yeah. Figure out what's the top and exist somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But I think for many of us, as we get on this pathway to evolving who we are, present company included, we find that sweet spot, and then we are overtaken by complacency. Because we can say, you know what? I'm not that bad. I didn't do this. I didn't those four. I didn't kill anyone. I didn't steal anyone's money. I didn't do this. Right. But then on the top side, well, I know I'm not perfect. Right. But when we exist in that middle space, we don't allow ourselves that idea of first saying I could be better. How do I improve? Right. And and mediocrity is comfortable because you don't make mistakes. Because you never try anything. Yeah, you got to try. You never take a risk on being a better version of you. Because the problem with being a better version. So like when I first started my vegan journey, right, I would go places and people knew how I used to eat. And I would be about to eat and I'd see them eyes like, I'm going to see if his wife got chicken. He about to eat some of it. You know, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm good eating my little bit. And it's people because the eyes are on you. You know, it's one of those things where when I when I talk to my kids and I say, so what is integrity? And that's doing the right thing when no one's looking. But it's harder to be. And I think this was on another show, too, to have self-integrity. Because you always looking at yourself, yeah. but you can't close your eyes to who you are and what you do and what you think and what you really believe. But that's where you have to say, I know I'm not doing what I need to. Yeah. I know I'm not showing up for people like I need yeah. to. And I need to do something. I need to be I better. need help or I, I need to be better. I need to revolt and evolve. And evolve. I need to revolt and evolve. And that's the thing. That's the self-awareness journey. Mm-hmm. I need to revolt 
and evolve. And revolutionaries, I promise you, we got this class ready for you. It's coming. It is coming. Our new website is coming. I'm so excited about that. The class is coming where you have the ability to answer, right, the most thought-provoking question of your life. And then we will walk you through this journey of how to fulfill this answer. Revolt and evolve. Know your choice points. Find your midwives like Dr. Batts. Know your revolution is not just for you. And always, always, always be figuring out what's the next revolution of your life. Dr. Bass, this time always goes by so fast and oh, no. um, flew by. You no, know, we talk about gratitude as we we started we started this conversation, and I will end it with the same thing: with gratitude for you and who you are. Uh, our our fans of this show talk so fervently about what you bring to this, and you know your eloquence and intellect. Right? We did not get an acronym. Right. Uh, we did not get an acronym this time, Revolution. I'm waiting. I got oh, one. Oh, boy. I got oh, boy. You know I got one. It's when you say, is there anything else you want to yeah, say? I'm waiting. Wait, I'm waiting patiently. Been holding, I'm holding, evolving. He's been holding. He's been holding. <laughs> I'm going to say what I got to say. And then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pass, the, pass the ball to my, uh, my 1911 early, early in the year, brother. Um, revolutionaries, we want to make sure that you have what you need to be this version of yourself. Right. And so that... You can look back and say, you know what? I'm a better version of who I used to be. I don't do the same things that I do. I don't hang out where I used to hang out, right? I show up for myself. I show up for others. And I do that because I get a chance to hear some of the most prolific people talk about their own revolution. I started this show two years after walking into a therapist's office and saying I'm a piece of shit. And as I was on my journey, I wanted to look for content that would help me not be a piece of shit. And there wasn't anything there. And so we started the What's Your Revolution show. And almost seven years later, we're here with you. This versions of ourselves, growing, learning, listening, giving grace to ourselves and others, forgiving ourselves and others as we move into the next revolution of our lives. So thank you for being on this journey with me and my good friend, Dr. Batts. And I'm going to always, as we do here, revolt and evolve, give him the last word. Well, again, this was a wonderful show. These phases of forgiveness, I think we all can apply, whether it's to ourselves, whether it's to the home, whether it's to the boardroom, right? Understanding how to navigate what that space is and determining where you want to be on that on that realm of forgiveness. This this last acronym is one just to say I am proud to be a member of the Association of Black Cardiologists. Uh, we are having our annual gala. But before that gala, we have the ability to give back. And I didn't clear this with my host boss, but I just think it is such an impactful program. Talk that about it. Talk about it. The Atlanta area um, on the weekend of the 27th, 28th of February, we'll be having our annual uh, gala where we promote heart health. But we want to introduce and include that pipeline whether you're in high school, whether you're undergraduate, and we have the what's called PULSE, P-U-L-S-E program. It is the pre-college undergraduate life science enrichment program. This is a program where we focus on youth, really engaging them in STEM, science, technology, engineering, math, and the arts through the lens of both medical as well as biomedical, as well as engineering. And again, it'll be held in Atlanta if you have any youth uh, in the area that are interested uh, uh, please visit the Association of Black Cardiologists website. 
and they will and I'll give that information to Dr. Corporal. But this is such a powerful program to assist in shifting the mindset, improving the language and moving forward. As we mentioned earlier, October is Sudden Cardiac Arrest Awareness Month. We'll be highlighting that at the event and having you ready for this a survivor of sudden cardiac arrest. Mm. A 14 year old young man scored the winning touchdown and collapsed on the field. And since then, he's been on a journey, his own personal revolution of trying to figure out what normal is. Since that time, he's had open heart surgery, a defibrillator placed, and we will get to hear his story and talk about that. He's one of my I've adopted him as a as a nephew, so to speak, because I realize that many of the things we talk about aren't tangible unless you deliver some of that revolution to someone else. So whether you're out there thinking the space that you want to revolt in is is too large and where you fit, I tell you, do the first thing and that's take your first step to your own revolution. And on that note, we will see you next time. Know that Dr. Bass and I love you and that we're here for you and that we are both asking you to be able to answer to what we think is the most thought-provoking question of your life. What's your revolution? What's your revolution? We'll see you next time. Talk to you, everybody. All right. Man, that was good. That was good. That was good. That was good. What's your revolution? What's your revolution? What's your revolution? You already I'm trying my best, man. I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best. So, um, yeah, let's get this in. Ready? Let's go. Let's go. I am in a I am in a playful mood. I just want you to know that. Okay. Well, just re- you know, it's October, so that's breast cancer awareness. Okay. Sudden cardiac arrest awareness. Okay. So we'll touch on them a little bit. Yes. Yes. But we still have we'll have some fun. That's correct. That that is correct. That is correct. We want to talk about forgiveness. All right. So. All right. Acknowledge all Got those it. things. We talk. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Ah, uh, Seiko, right here. Right here, Seiko. Seiko, right here. But I think for many of us, as we get on this pathway to evolving who we are, present company included, we find that sweet spot and then we are overtaken by complacency because we can say, you know, what? I'm not that bad. I didn't do this. I didn't those four. I didn't kill anyone. I didn't steal anyone's money. I didn't do this. Right. But then on the top side, well, I know I'm not perfect. Right. But when we exist in that middle space, we don't allow ourselves that idea of first saying I could be better. How do I improve? Right. And and mediocrity is comfortable because you don't make mistakes because you never try anything because you never try anything.